Your best life is more rewarding when you become a member of Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. You can earn MyPlus rewards points for everyday purchases and banking activities. You even earn 3,000 MyPlus rewards points when you open your membership with Affinity Plus. MyPlus Rewards offers the potential to rack up major points and even bigger rewards. Use your points on vacation getaways, discounted rates on Affinity Plus car loans, gift cards from popular stores and restaurants, and cash back. Or pay those points forward with charitable donations. You've got a lot of great choices with Affinity Plus and MyPlus Rewards. Stop by the Brainerd Lakes branch in Baxter to learn more about your MyPlus Rewards earning power. Affinity Plus is federally insured by NCUA. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And our guests today are from Camp Ripley. We have Mr. Tony Housey in the Camp Ripley Public Affairs Office on the line with us, as well as Lieutenant Colonel Charles Rankin, the battalion commander for the 2nd Battalion, the 135th Infantry. Uh, gentlemen, first of all, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you. It's an honor. It's an honor to have you, Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, let's uh, find out a little bit about you first, if you don't mind. Uh, give us a little bit about your background, where you're from. Sure, I'm a proud graduate. I'm a flyer, a little false flyer class of 93. I uh, went to the University of Minnesota and uh, was a teacher and enlisted in the Army National Guard out here at Camp Ripley in 1994. And uh, went, I deployed to Iraq, uh, deployed to Afghanistan, and I'm currently commander of 2nd Battalion, 134th. 135th Infantry, as you mentioned, I'm a G officer, uh, married to my wife, Rebecca, and four children. On the civilian side, I was a teacher, as I mentioned. I was a high school principal. In fact, I was the high school principal at Pequot Lakes High School for eight years. Um, so I lived in Breezy Point. I, was, I think I was Tess's uh, a distant neighbor, but I uh, grew up listening to your station, and it's just an honor to be here. And uh, currently, I'm the superintendent of schools at Minnewaska, which is Glenwood Starbucks, just south of Alec, about 15 minutes. So... Busy are you a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Uh, What a pleasure to have you on, uh, Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, Talk a little bit about your battalion, too. There's a rich history there, isn't there? There is. Uh, So 2nd Battalion, 135th Infantry, traced those lineage back to the 1st Volunteer uh, uh, Infantry Unit to uh, serve the Civil War back in 1861. It just happened to be at the time. Uh, The governor was out in Washington, D.C., and uh, we were the first regiment offered President Lincoln back in 1861. Man. Uh, if you've ever been to Gettysburg, there's a, there's a massive monument, and it says Minnesota. And that, that's really uh, it's a tribute to our soldiers in 1863. Um, 262 soldiers were asked to uh, make a stand. Uh, the Union was losing the line, and uh, they charged in the Confederate lines uh, with bayonets fixed. And... Uh, at the end of the day, 47 were left alive. It's it's crazy when I read the book. Uh, um, but, yeah, it has a really rich lineage. And uh, that's why kind of our battalion is um, our motto is to the last man. That was what, That's kind of what was said on the battlefield at Gettysburg. So we kind of have a, a really rich history, um, the old scarred unit, and, you know, to serve here in Minnesota into the Civil War. Yeah, no kidding. Now, I understand you have an upcoming deployment. Please tell us about what's going on. Yeah, so I, I'm going to, here in a couple, you know, end of July, we'll start working our way into Africa. Oh, and wow. It'll be the first major unit that served in the Horn of Africa. My unit is a light infantry unit. Uh, we've been training for the last 18 months for this. 
it's not a surprise. It's not really related to anything um, that's new. It's just a rotation. It's enduring. But uh, 700 soldiers from Minnesota, and, and that's kind of a misnomer. I have soldiers from all over. Um, some of my soldiers travel from out of state, but uh, the vast majority live across Minnesota. Um, uh, we'll be flowing into Africa at the end of July. Uh, we'll be providing some uh, security um, across the continent of Africa, but primarily in Djibouti. And if you, if you don't know much about Djibouti, if you look at Africa, way on the East Horn, there's a major port there. It's a Navy base. It's been there for a long time. And uh, we secure that base, and we have soldiers down also in Somalia and Kenya and Ethiopia, but spread across the Horn of Africa countries providing safety and security and, and counterterrorism. Now, have you been to the Horn of Africa before? Uh, well, I did complete a reconnaissance trip in early March. Okay. Um, and I was able to travel across the Horn of Africa. And, uh, yeah, I, I got to, to go experience it. it. It's You know, to me, the, this will be my fourth deployment. It's a little different than maybe Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, it's... Uh, it's, it's uniquely different, but it's, it's very similar. There are certain groups that, you know, don't uh, sub- subscribe to um, U.S. Uh, roles in, in Africa, but, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to keep it stable and make it safer for the general, general people that live, live and operate across Africa. Interesting. Yeah. And you said you deploy at the end of July. We, we, we are currently at Camp Ripley conducting training, so if you live in Pillagery, you might hear us. If you live, you know, on <laughs> The Crow Wing River, Mississippi River, you might hear us a little bit, um, but uh, we're training here till um, July or sorry, June twenty first. We have a deployment ceremony, uh, a virtual deployment ceremony on the nineteenth here at Camp Ripley. Our families can't attend cool. due to COVID, and then we're going down to Fort Bliss, Texas, uh, mm. for about thirty days, doing some training, and then we'll start to flow into Africa. Do you, Do you know how long this deployment will be for? Yes, typically, you know, we'll be there for about nine months in, mm. in the actual country uh, or the area of uh, Africa. Hmm. So tell us about some of the, uh, obviously, just the training alone is is tough, but uh, this year has made things wow. so much tougher. So talk about some of these, if you will, curveballs that have been kind of thrown at you. Yeah, so obviously, I, even for me, when I was in Africa, uh, we got to do planes, trains, and all wheels trying to get back to the United States <laughs> because uh, of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it made it challenging just getting back uh, and not traveling through Europe. Um, got back, and then, you know, March and April, we did a fair amount of distance training, allowing our soldiers to conduct a lot of... There's a lot of things that our soldiers do online, you know, online training to understand and appreciate African culture, mm-hmm. African language, African norms. Um, just also... Um, you know, being well aware of when you come on active duty army, there's just a lot of different policies and procedures that we want to follow and adhere to. So we did that in April and March, and then May we brought soldiers in uh, because you know, we, two weeks later you're packing your stuff to go to Camp Ripley. You want to make sure you have all the right gear, make sure it's serviceable, um, get all your paperwork done. So people came in and distributed format, following the social distancing norms. Um, that made it a little more challenging because typically, you know, in the spring at Camp Ripley, you hear a lot of noise because lots of individuals are, you know, shooting their weapons and getting qualified. So you're you're prepared to do your job. Mm-hmm. And as we arrived at Camp Ripley on June 1st, every one of my soldiers, I think there's, you know, a little over 850 soldiers here at Camp Ripley. Everyone got COVID tested. I'm happy to report that we only had two that tested positive. And, and they were actually pretty... They, they were able to screen themselves out and take preventive measures. So we, we used all the protocols that, you know, you follow in a lot of our local businesses. Um, 
and protect our force. And so we've had to kind of work through that, but I think now uh, we're pretty isolated here at Camp Ripley. We, we wear our masks if we go outside of our area, but we use personal hygiene. And we've been able to mitigate as best we can. Sure. And obviously this will be with us until, you know, there's a vaccine or all the time until we get home. I was going to say, it, it won't go away when you get to Africa. No. And no, it, so we have to execute a quarantine before we flow into theater, which we'll do at Fort Bliss. Oh, wow, okay. You know, the other thing, too, it gets difficult is, you know, just like, the, you know, live in the college dorms, there's only so much room. So, <laughs> you know, our soldiers you know, will be living together. But, you know, in my own team here, I, I have a surgeon. He's a doctor out of the Mayo Clinic. I have two physician's assistants. I have nurses, and I have medics. So, we temperature scan everybody twice a day. We take all the preventive measures. In fact, I have more assets available to me here in the Army than I do at my school district. So, mm-hmm. you know, and ultimately, this is everyone's sons or daughters. So they're like my kids. And in of fact, course. sometimes I feel that way. I'm only 45, <laughs> but I'm like the old man of the group. So you know, <laughs> I want to make sure we take care of our kids that come down here to train and deploy. Yeah. You know, so we that's good. That's, really closely. that's reassuring. That's good. Yeah. In addition to COVID-19, you will face some other things, if I'm not mistaken, in Africa. Do you have to get malaria shots and worry about those types of things as well? Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I had to take my um, the, my anti-malaria meds that, that everyone thought at first could prevent coronavirus, but proved not to be true. But, yes, everyone of my soldiers would be taking uh, their, um, their uh, I can't remember what it's called, but hydroxychlorine. Uh, that basically prevents COVID, uh, malaria. And we also, you know, there's a series of shots, yellow fever, uh, make sure we have all our vaccines in order before we flow into theater. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I was also part of the division staff that was preparing to go to, Ebola, you know, to Africa four years ago uh, in response to Ebola that we never actually had to deploy because it got in control, but that is something we, we monitor also. Interesting. Just a host of small uh, enemies, if you will. yeah you know i think what's really important for people to know though is that you know we i've been in the army now for 26 years you know i've served in iraq and afghanistan i I, you know these are my teammates these are my brothers and my sisters a lot of them i feel like they're my own kids and being a high school principal i there's a lot of 19 year olds rocking around here 22 year olds you know yeah we work really hard to make sure that you know, we take care of them as best we can all the time. And of course. the great thing about the Army organization is that everybody has a boss that makes sure that, you know, and, and I mean this in all good intentions, that they make sure they're doing the right thing by in everything, you know, taking care of themselves um, to, to mitigate all this risk to our unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned the soldiers are coming from communities all over Minnesota. Have any of these folks already been to that part of the country? Yeah, you know, it's really remarkable to me being a, being a battalion commander. It's, it's shocking to me. So soldiers in our battalion come from over 200 communities around Minnesota. The average age in my unit uh, is 18 to 52. You know, I have 76 soldiers. This is their second deployment. 52 will be on their third deployment. Wow. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of kids that, you know, they join for college. But I, I would say what was most interesting for me is getting to meet my a number of my soldiers. Now, I have over 950 of them, so there's a lot of them. But I would say it's, it's, it's their stories. I have stories, soldiers that are going back to Somalia. I have soldiers that are from Kenya, Ethiopia. I have soldiers from Pakistan, wow. Afghanistan. Uh, I have a very diverse group, and I think that diversity just brings a rich appreciation for you know, I've always said this, even when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan, 
you know, honestly, what makes me a citizen soldier is that we're helping out our fellow citizens. I mean, yep. Some of these people in Somalia live a real tough life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. Um, I have four kids. I have, you know, I would do anything for them. It's just like you would for your kids, and so would people in Somalia and Ethiopia and mm-hmm. Kenya and Djibouti. So, you know, I think it brings that appreciation for different. It's it's not going to look like central Minnesota. It's not going to look like oh, the no. Midwest. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there has to be a lot of excitement, though, because of that. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I think uh, some of my young soldiers, and you probably don't think they're going to war. I mean, there are threats. There are real threats there, and there are terrorist groups across the continent. Yes. Um, the rotations that have gone before us have, have had to engage in uh, been in combat engagements, and um, we're fully prepared for that. That's why you'll see us training hard for, you know, 60 days, and we've done a lot for the last 18 months to make sure that we can mitigate that threat and protect our formation. But, you know, it's your typical 18-, 19-year-old kids so excited because, you know, for some of them, leaving Crowing County is an experience to go down the <laughs> Twin Cities. Now, this right. is going to be a little bigger than that. But, <laughs> yes. It's know, so true, uh, though. <laughs> but I told people the other day, like, you know, I – I would have never probably gone to Africa in my life, right? Uh, maybe a safari, but that, that's not a little out of my checkbook range. But my point is, is that for some people, just the excitement to go to a different place and experience a different culture. And I, I think ultimately you start to really appreciate what we have here. Amen. Uh, and most people could could even fathom. I mean, we live in the greatest country in the world. We, we love our neighbors. Our kids go to bed. <laughs> Heck, there's a lot of days that my keys are still in the ignition of my truck. My door's unlocked because we trust and love our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel, you mentioned earlier uh, learning some African norms. Anything there in particular that kind of stands out, something that you need to be aware of when you're in that, uh, that on that continent, yeah. if you will? Well, I do think that they are... Um, Sometimes you would think because you're going to a country uh, that might be considered a third-world country that they may not be well-read. They are very well-read. Um, they're very well of their surroundings, and just because your Western views of the world will will not necessarily be agreeable to some people that live in a different continent. And I think that if you go there with an open mind um, and you're, you're appreciative of learning a different culture, I think just simple things like... The average person is not a Christian. There are going to be a number of Muslims, um, and that does not make them bad people. In fact, they're great people, yep. and you find more in common than you find different. Yep. But they're going to view the world differently than we would. Um, I think the other thing, too, is we take for granted that when you flip the light switch on, the power is going to come on. Um, you go to a lot of countries, and you know they do not have reliable power. Um, we take for granted that, look at the, the lakes area that we have clean. You know, we would argue that it's not as clean as we'd like, but... Those people are going to struggle to know where they're going to get drink, clean drinking water at all. Yeah, man. So you just learn um, what they prize and what they value is different than maybe what we would value. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you, if you go there with an open mindset, that it's going to look different than it's going to look like in, you know, Pequot Lakes um, when you're in Djibouti. But I do think that common denominator of making it better for your kids is a belief that's held by everybody. Mm-hmm. Just how you achieve that's going to be very different. It's probably much more of a uh, caste society, you know, it's just a little more challenging to, the American dream is still alive in America, and I don't think we appreciate it, but, you know, everybody wants to make their life better. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Neat. Well said. Well, Lieutenant Colonel, we wish you the best as you take these young men to the Horn of Africa, and uh, hope that everyone has a safe trip and a safe return. 
Oh, I greatly appreciate it. And I just want to say thanks for everybody. Uh, thanks for everybody, even my um, the extended family I have in the Brandon Lakes area and uh, central Minnesota. Thanks for all the support I felt. Uh, I've served 26 years in this uniform. I joined as a kid 19 years on a Little Falls dairy farm. And, and I would just say that I want to thank everybody for uh, all the support they give from me and my soldiers and uh, and all the support that they're going to give to us uh, while we're deployed and even when we return home. So thanks for having me today. Well, God bless your whole crew, and uh, you guys, thank you for your service. Thank you very much, and thanks for what you do. Very good. If we can, I just want to touch base with uh, Tony Housie in the Public Affairs Office. And, Tony, um, anything else we should know about that is going on directly at Camp Ripley this summer? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, in, in addition to uh, Colonel Rankin's units here, we're going to see a uh, pretty big flux of uh, Minnesota National Guard soldiers and some from out of state coming through Camp Ripley. Uh, we'll be hosting about 5,000 soldiers. Oh, wow. Uh, with everybody here, um, and that's going to be a, a big managerial uh, situation just with <laughs> yeah. social distancing and proper CDC guidelines. So yep. uh, we're going to get them ready for a big training exercise and another unit for deployment um, and try to get back to uh, what we consider normal, I guess. All right, so we can rest assured that once Lieutenant Colonel uh, Rankin's battalion leaves, the, the we will still hear the noises from Camp Ripley. <laughs> You'll still, yeah, you'll still hear some noises from Camp Ripley. <laughs> Summer wouldn't be the same without you. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Very good. Well, Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time to visit with us today. We do appreciate it. And again, thank you for your service. Thank you. All right. Our guests today, Mr. Tony Housie is in the Camp Ripley Public Affairs Office, and Lieutenant Colonel Charles Rankin, Battalion Commander for the 2nd Battalion, 135th Infantry, on their way to the Horn of Africa later this summer. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget, your our Community Focus programs are available anytime on our website at 1067wjjy.com, and that's brought to you by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. And you can always listen through our free downloadable app, and that is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.